Hey, San Bonani, Molweni Dumelang, Absheni Ndalochani Daola. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me. This is Mbuiselo Vilagazi, and welcome to the Law and Faith podcast, where lawyers and aspiring lawyers, they share their stories of hope and how they've been able to overcome life's greatest hurdles um, with faith. Um, on today's episode, I'd like to start off with the words, um, uh, from uh, it's, I think it's a Japanese, um, you know, wise man or businessman. He says, um, I quote, behind every success story is a river of tears, a mountain of obstacles, and impossible, an, an ocean of impossible odds, and an unbreakable warrior spirit. And I believe, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this quote, um, re- rather, um, echoes you know, what we're going to hear today from our guest. And our guest, um, I won't do the long introduction and all of that, but he's a founding director uh, of uh, Zuma and Partners. It's a firm that is based in Durban. They are known, they're Black-owned firms, guys, I must say that they're Black-owned firm that is known for providing consistent um, quality um, legal services. So this, uh, our guest today is an admitted um, legal practitioner of the High Court, and he's gonna. He's he has, he's currently serving in various boards and councils. But Angfunugunmoshelskati, say thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to the Law and Faith Podcast. Thank you so much, my brother, and thank you so much for having me. Um, in fact, incidentally, mm. I was just going through my uh, my notes earlier this morning, and I realized that just some time this. Last year, in fact, on this very day, same day, we had um, a, 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 a webinar. Yes, uh, yes. yes. Imagine it, uh, it was exactly the same. It, year ago, yeah. it was the same with me because in the morning I, I I I logged onto my Facebook and I'm like, hey, bo, same day, literally, you know, and it was not planned. It was just a a, a real a real coincidence. Hey. Mm, thank you so much, and thank you for having me. And then I uh, uh, must obviously extend my sincere gratitude for inviting me. And I must greet all your viewers, uh, the people at home, uh, many other young people are out there aspiring to become lawyers, uh, mm. or young people in general in, in the general, entire country. Yeah. But also, you know, uh, we must obviously not forget to, you know, send our deepest condolences to those who are losing their loved ones, mm. particularly under these uh, these trying times of COVID nineteen. Uh, we must yeah. not lose hope. Uh, there is still a future that we must actually strive to, you know, look forward to. Thank you. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, thank you so much for 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 those words, and I believe they are very edifying to those who are listening and to those who will be watching. Um, as Kalenji, like Kalenji, like who is uh, Mr. Kolani Zuma, and like your background and all of that. Where where do you come from? Because sometimes Bonabantu, once they are successful and all of that, yet you know, behind that, I was just, as I was reading this quote, which there are many Im- impossible odds that you have had to um, overcome so that Ube Lomundo Uyena, just give us a background in Ngawe, Weabo. Thank you so much. You know, I, 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 I like the quote that you started with. In fact, um, earlier on, I'd actually, you know, I'm not a philosopher, mm. but I always, you know, try to, you know, look for things that would inspire me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, uh, what you've just said, it focuses well with what Nelson Mandela, our icon, once said, that it, it seems impossible until it's done. And, and I think that's the spirit that all of us as young people, as, as Africans in general, 
you must always say to say, okay, when you see life, you always see it's impossible. And you mm -hmm. say, look, this is not man for me, I can't achieve this. And, and, and the question is, who's Colin Zuma? Yeah, I think that's a very difficult one, you know. I'll tell you why it's a difficult one. It's because I don't know who am I, you know. Um, I don't know who am I because, you know, I've met a lot of people that have tried to define me. You know, some people would say, no, Colin Zuma is a township boy from Eskawini. And I say, no, well, that's partly true, but that's not me. And some will say, no, he's uh, from the dusty streets of Newcastle. So he's a boy from Newcastle, you know. And I say, yeah, partly that's true, but not entirely true. And uh, some don't believe that I'm also a rural boy, you know. But in a nutshell, basically, um, Colin Zuma is a person that was actually born in 1983, you know, uh, precise, to be precise, on the 1st of May. Uh, and of course, uh, my birthday is quite significant for everyone in the country and in the world in general because <laughs> I was born on uh, on Human Rights, I mean, sorry, on Workers' Day. Mm. So when it's my birthday, everyone must take a break. You know, a holiday. <laughs> yes. So I give society a holiday. So, but basically, I, in fact, uh, my mother is uh, is, is Mtian, um, uh, her name I always like to call her with uh, her English name. Uh, she's a gladness, and Tom Mtian. Um, she, in fact, originally comes from a place called Nguavuma. Mm. Um, and my father is a Sipo, uh, and I know some people will say, oh, yeah, he's Uma. So, you know, are you related to, you know, the former president? I said, no, no, mm. my father is Sipo's Uma, and he comes from Newcastle. You know, um, and therefore you remember earlier when I said people say, No, you're from this mm -hmm. You know, some would say, No, from Newcastle. From Newcastle. Mm -hmm. But I have a bit of both, you know. Uh, so basically, I, I was born by, uh, you know, out of uh, you know, those two beautiful souls, which is my mother and my father. Uh, of course, we're never married, and I think I must, I must, I must indicate it. Um, so, so for that reason, though, I had to grow up in different places. Um, I obviously grew up in Swaziland at some point, mm. uh, where I grew up with my grandmother. In fact, I was in Swaziland from a very tender age, you know, a few weeks of my, you know, coming to this earth until I came back in South Africa in about 1994. So I brought democracy here. You know, my arriving in South Africa came with democracy also. And I spent quite a lot of time in Wagum if you know in Wabuma, it's quite a deep run area. Mm, uh, mm. I mean, I grew up uh, fetching water, you know, uh, from the river, like mm. all other young people, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, having to cook, you know, spasum little panty, you mm. know, I grew up in Sindam of Longo. Mm. Uh, and I played soccer like all other young people, and uh, for some reason, they used to call me Ace, you know, I don't know whether I was the best in what I used to do, but uh, mm. yeah, I, I have a beautiful uh, a background that comes from you know, a deep rural area where I never saw electricity, where I mm. never seen a computer until I got to Tandisa High School in 1997. I said, wow, there's something called the computer, you know, uh, and I was taught English in Zulu, you know, mm. because mm. my teachers obviously did not have the privilege of, uh, you know, of, of proper spoken English and British mm. English. And they were challenging, of course, uh, you know, growing up without parents that are there to nurture you and raise you because uh, both of them, you know, are married to other people and therefore you have to grow up with different people, your grandmothers, uh, and there are a number of things. But, uh, you know, I always say, I am always grateful that my growing up had a lot of hardships, 
mm. because if I had a silver platter, I don't think I would have been what I am today. Uh, and I always say there are two reasons why I'm where I am today. It's because of the hardship, which God, I think, was creating, you know, a strong person in me, you know, but obviously and there was faith that, you know, had to keep, keep me going, you know. Mm. And of course, uh, you know, without taking much of your time, I had to at some point, you know, go live with this Kawini with my mother. And I think this was around 1997. And eventually I connected with my father, whom I met in 1997 for the first time. You know, I had not seen him. I did not know how he looked like, except in photos, you know. Quite interestingly, I look exactly like him, you know. And uh, I have a number of characteristics that, you know, he has, you know. Um, and, and yeah, I've got siblings from my mother's side and my father's side, and I love my family. Uh, like all other families, they have challenges. Um, mm. I love the law. Um, at some point, I love politics. I don't love it now. And I don't mm. like talking about it. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I played you know, soccer like all other kids. I come from a, a disadvantaged background, as I said. Uh, it could take a day. In fact, mm. uh, I, I, I'm, I'm planning to write a book when I retire you know, about my story and how other people can be motivated and understand mm. that. It doesn't matter how you start. What matters most is how you, it's how you want to end the game, you know. Mm. It's, it's the game plan that matters the most, you know. Yeah, so I grew up yeah. and then I went to the University of Switzerland. Yeah, and uh, that's that is, who I am, basically. Mm, that yeah. is really profound. And But I don't think you have to wait for retirement. You know, we um, there is a lot that you can share, you know, at this point with young people. And sometimes we wait until, okay, I want to accumulate certain things and reach us. But at this mm. point, you've got a wonderful story to, to share, you know. Um, and, 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 I'm, and I can imagine, you know, growing up, um, changing places is confusing because I know it when I was growing up having to change places each family that you move to has its own values and and beliefs mm. and they have their own mm. way mm. you know the things they operate differently and also you become subjected to a lot of mistreatment you know uh when you keep on a changing lot, a lot. Yeah, mm. Any, anything that you'd I, like I, to I, share I, you yeah. know, I can write a book about that you know but also I mean as a child you you miss your your childhood I can tell you now, um, I, I, I don't have friends. Probably I only have one person that I call a best friend. Mm. And the reason mm. for that is I've never had a situation where I have friends because you're moving from first land, you get mm. to build a relationship mm. with people, then you're moving to this other area. And then you're coming from there, you're at Welezana from there, you find yourself at Varsity, now with Varsity, you must now study. Mm. And then there's politics. So there's no room for you to nature relations, you know. So mm. you're like a moving target. So, mm. yeah, but I think it's a, it's a good story that, uh, yeah, I take your point and I take your advice to start writing that. Most definitely start writing. Don't, don't wait. We, we, we are already inspired. And uh, yeah, no, let me just continue. Let me just continue. Um, you know, now I just want to go to um, why did you study law? Um, I was just reading uh, many, many, people, many people study law for different reasons. Others study law because they want to make a difference, but others... They also want to. They also study law for respect and prestige. That okay, you know, someone is just a lawyer. But one lady in the morning um, that I was just reading on on the internet, she said, "Law isn't just isn't just a medium, um, or rather a profession, but it is a medium in which I can use um, that I can use in order to serve the nation." But I just want to find out from you why then pursue pursue law. You could have um, studied politics, you could have studied anything, but then why you, uh, you, you pursued law? 
time. Let me tell you why. I mean, it was quite an interesting thing, you know. Um, I think as early as I was doing standard, um, what we used to call it standard eight back in the mm. days. I don't know what you call it now. I think it's grade uh, 10 or so. Grade 10, yes. I, 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 yeah, I had this, you know, desire, you know, to, to fight for justice, you know, to, to change people's lives and, you know, to create an environment where everyone can live in peace and harmony. Mm. And I think it came from a, a, the background and the experience that I'd had, you know, because I had grow up, I grew up in Swaziland with a very nice grandmother, which, you know, someone that I would always, you know, hold dear, you know, very close to my heart, you know, in the manner in which she nurtured me. But unfortunately, I had to go to another environment with my other grandmother and my uncle, where I had to be subjected to physical abuse almost on a daily basis, you know. I had to be beaten up almost on a daily basis, you know. I had to, you know, fight, you know, for survival. I had to sometimes sleep outside. And as I was growing up, I said, no, man, look, I think there is a need justice to be served and I think I deserve justice and I think not only me but there are many young people out there who deserve justice you know and I, I had this desire now of this justice and peace and harmony and, and fighting for human rights human rights that I've never seen because I didn't know what was a bill of rights I didn't know you know what was the best way of ensuring that people live in peace and harmony. Mm. So, and I and when when I got to matric, of course, you know I didn't have money to go to school. Uh, you know, my mother said, "Look, I can't afford this thing. Go to your father." And my brother said, "Hey, please go look for a job." You know, and and I had to stay at home at least for a year in two thousand and one. Mm. You know, but I still had this desire. So I had one guy who said, "Look, go to the university." Uh, try and push, and I had a thousand rands in my pocket. Um, and, and I went there and I said, look, um, in fact, when I arrived at Varsity, by the way, I, I did human resources because that is what my mother had said. That's why you are going to get a job and get job, money. Yeah. So I did that human resource for a few weeks, and then I went and researched that thing and modified. We used to call it modifying. You know? mm. I modified to law because that's exactly what I wanted to do. Because I, I thought, look, I can contribute in ensuring mm. that there is, uh, you know, the people have rights and their rights are protected. Mm. So I think it came from the background that I, you know, and the experience that, um, and the hardship I'd suffered. And, and I'd realized that, uh, look, uh, you know, there's a lot of that could be done in terms of mm. law. So that, that's how I then chose law. And I, look, I didn't care whether there's money in this thing. I didn't even know whether there's money. All that I knew, I was told that, difficult to pass it, people don't get jobs, and most people become prosecutors, which is something that I didn't even know what was that. You know? mm. But I think for me, I was driven by the desire to change the world, you know, yeah, and, and that's how I chose law, and I have realized later on in life that many great men that wanted to change the world, in fact, chose this particular path. I mean, if you look at Mandela, you know, he had to do law. If you look at all mm. the people that he grew up with, I mean, open businesses, you know, you look at the current president, um, he did law. I can mention many other people that grew up, I mean, the current chief justice who comes from the University of Sweden, they could be stories behind all of them. And, and, and obviously, my, my, my person that I look up to, which is Tehang Mosene, I mean, mm. if you read his books and the stories, you realize why it becomes so significant, because it's not about money. It's not about the prestige, you know, because I always say, what do you do in changing the lives of other people? 
whether it's in gov through government uh, or whether through just individual clients, that would actually create a name for yourself and money would then follow. But money is not, you know, everything. What is important is about it's what you do to change the lives of other people. So when I'm no longer here, people must say, and my children must say, there was a father and there was someone called Karamizuma. And we can still walk in his footsteps. We can see what he did, you know, to make a contribution in, in, in the lives of South African people in general. So I think that's how I chose law. And I, again, I think, in fact, to be honest, I don't think I chose law. I think it chose me, you know. I, mm. I think the difficulties mm. I had forced me to fight for justice, mm. fight for my justice, you know, and fight for the justice of others, you know, all the poor people who were struggling. And that's exactly what brought me to some of the things, adversity, which mm. included, you know, student activism, you know. Yeah, so basically that's how I, got, I found myself sitting in, 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 you know, in this office, you know, today. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. You've got an amazing story there. So now you you, you said um, you didn't have money after you completed your metric and you had to take a gap year, what is known today as the gap year. So um, any personal struggles that you recall, you, you know, while you were still at, at, at the University of Zuland, like real, real struggles that you like, you recall, I've, I've read some of your, some of your because you write a lot and that's what I'm saying you need to write it you need to put it in, in a book um mm -hmm. you, you want you there was one post um I think last year we were speaking about even your struggle with the language English and and other struggles financially but can you just converse on that one you know any any personal struggles that you recall while you were a student at the University of Zululand yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. I mean, I think that book would really have to, you know, encapsulate uh, all of those because we can't finish them within a short space of time. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, the first one is now here is this young black African child who doesn't have money to go to school, but he has the desire to register and become something, you know. You only have a thousand rands. Now you have to go to that mint building and, and force people basically and say, look, I need this, I want to be a student. And mm. I had to force matters, and that's how I got to the register, you know. Um, and then I get there, I, I realize, you know, you, you, you get to meet many other young people. I mean, there's over 5,000 students there. Um, and I arrived at Vasit, I think I had two T-shirts, you know. Mm. Um, and, and one has uh, had some, some hole here. And I think I had two pair of jeans or three. Um, probably with one, you know, pair of uh, sneakers. Um, and you have to, you know, at least you attend class for five days. And you can't change. I mean, you have to wear this T-shirt today, the following day, you have this one. And then the third day, you repeat the one that you were wearing at least a day or two days ago, you know. And, and, and it chips on your, on your self-esteem, you know. Uh, it makes you feel as someone that in fact doesn't deserve to be here. You know, now you must fight to get any spas, um, and there's quite a lot of issues. I mean, you firstly, I had to travel from Skawini because I didn't have accommodation mm. until then. I got to, yeah, we used to use what we used to call a Makofo and every day, and we struggled to get money to go to school. And uh, you don't have money to buy books for that matter uh, because first year now you don't have any spars, so we had to make copies. You know, I struggle to find money to make copies, you know, and it becomes a struggle, you know. And, and, and whilst you have these copies now, you have the law reports, but you can't, you know, interpret them. You can't grasp because the language, you know, is so difficult because, I mean, you don't understand English. And I said to myself, look, I'm going to understand this English. I'm going to read every day. So the mm -hmm. moment I got access to the bookshop, 
I would go past the bookshop every day and buy newspapers. Mm. And by the way, that's how I got to learn how to read, how to you know speak English, and how to write proper English because mm. I didn't know you know it's past tense, past present, and past continuous, and all of those things. You know, so of course, we were taught these things at high school, but the teachers were struggling as well. You know, I'm not blaming uh, Satu, but uh, there are challenges there. <laughs> so, and, 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 uh, yeah, so now you get to school and you don't have money. Now you don't have money to buy, you know, your, 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 your roll on and mm. I mean, perfume was a luxury. Yeah, I, I, I mm. think uh, probably my second year, uh, third year, that's when I, I could only afford to buy perfume. Mm. And this was Playboy. It was 21 rands or so. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still and it's still around the same price, by the way. It's still around the same Is price it? even today. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can imagine. So now when you go buy perfume, you know, that's like an installment of a car, you know, like, so how did we get here? You know, and, and those were challenges, you know. And, and and you're back in class, you are scared to raise your hand and ask questions, and you always get confused, you know. Mm-hmm. So and and I realized there were a number of challenges. You can't pass now because you know because of the language barrier, and you have to force yourself. I know. I mean, I used to go to the library and then go to the ALs and sit there and study until the morning because I knew that I was not like all other kids. I need to act, 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 at least mm. you know work extra hard so that I make a difference in terms of my marks. You know, but it was quite a lot. I mean, mm. lots of Zululand remember while we are battling to study, there is also crying. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Are coming in, then yeah. you get mad, you know, people get raped, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. you get to experience, you know, the harsh realities. Now, you wash your laundry, you have to stand there and sit eighth floor, and you are quilling this home. And I didn't know what you're waiting for anyway. You only have two t shirts, you know, mm-hmm. and that's when I started wearing, you know, political t shirts, and people thought I just love, uh, you know, the part that I was actually doing uh... for the time. I had to wear those t-shirts daily because I didn't have clothes, you know. Mm-hmm. If I had options, I would have decided to wear my clothes. But wow. no, I would wear those t-shirts daily. Um, yeah, and, and, and those are quite a number of challenges. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, mm-hmm. I think we tried, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was difficult. Yeah, we made it. Oh, that, thank thank you for sharing that. I'm sure many many people will be um you know will be will really benefit from that. So now um you just mentioned about the t- on the on the t-shirt uh, note. Um, you were part of um, student politics, but we won't get into the politics. But I just want to f- to find out um anything what what kept you grounded during that time because now you know you are when once you're in student politics. You put yourself there in the pedestal like now people are starting to scrutinize your life everything that you do mm-hmm. there are many expectations but what kept you grounded you know during that time i'll tell you why there, there was only one reason mm. every time i had to do something in my life i had to ask myself one question if i were to be seen by my grandmother Nora Smelana doing this mm. would she be proud of me and if the answer is no, then I won't do it. Mm. Because she taught me one important thing. You must always be humble. Mm. Humility is the best. You cannot believe that you are larger than life. Mm. And, and, and when I got to be, you know, firstly requested by students in the Faculty Council of Law, 
that I must represent students in the fucking in the loss of you know faculty council, you know. And I said to myself, look, I'm not the best, you know. There are many young people they have got good English, you know, they're so eloquent, you know, they've gone to you know best schools, you know. And I didn't believe that I had a brain for these things, you know. So I said to myself, maybe it's a calling, maybe I am called to serve, but also. I understand where I come from. I know the hardship. I know the difficulties. So my responsibility is to serve. And, and this is one of the challenges that people even today are struggling to appreciate. That being in the public office, that is why it is called a service. Mm. You are there to serve the people. You are not going there to do what we call self-service to mm. yourself. So when you get, you know, at that very young age, where you, you work as, a, as someone in the faculty council within the law, you know, certain you know, department faculty, then subsequently you find yourself in the SRC. And look, you're serving in the SRC with very old people, people have been around, you know. And you ask yourself, why are we here? And the sole reason why we are here is because there are many young people who are here that do not, do not have money to register. There are many young people who are here who have never seen their parents. There are many young people who are here who can't understand the modules that have been taught here. Mm. There are many young people who are here who go to bed without a slice of bread. So all that I can do within this period while I'm in the SRC is to make a difference and change. At least if I can change the lives of 5,000 people, at least there must be at least 50 people that you know, will see a difference in their lives. And, and that for me, you know, kept me grounded, you know, because what was important for me was to see someone say, I'm graduating this year. Thanks mm -hmm. to this SRC, I was able to register, even when I was home 25,000. I still meet some of them at Gateway and people stop me and say, you don't know me. You helped me in 2004 to register. I now run my own business. Sometimes I, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I walk away and I start crying, you know, mm -hmm. because I didn't know mm -hmm. that this was so significant, you know. So for me, you know, being humble, you know, knowing that I come from Nguabum, I come from, you know, the most difficult, you know, background. So mm. I, I can't then believe that just because I'm a president of the SRC, I'm better than all of these people. By the way, being in the SRC or being a president of the SRC doesn't mean that you are the best out of those people that are there. Mm. Mm. It means you were in, in the right place at the right time in terms of, the, of God's purpose, who said, I'm going to send you to represent these people and speak on their behalf. But the wisdom lies with everyone that is behind you. But secondly, as a leader and as a president, you are not there as, as, as the only owner who has a monopoly of wisdom. The collective that you lead with, those are people that are going to help you to deliver the service that you want to deliver to people. So I think my mind was always occupied by what we are supposed to do as mm. opposed to what I'm supposed to benefit. And I think that's what actually kept me going for all that period. Yo, and how much, and thank you um, uh, for, for your answer. And I'm thinking, you know, while you're speaking, I, how I wish that, um, especially these young, all of us as young, let me say not this, but especially all of us as young upcoming leaders, and, mm. you know, that we grasp the concept of servant leadership, that, you know, you're a servant, you're not the master, you are not going there to be served, but you are going there to serve. And, you know, say this is not nice. It calls for a lot of sacrifices. It calls sometimes for you to, to sacrifice yourself at times. But how I really wish that, um, you know, the current leaders, especially in the students' um, leadership, uh, you know, fraternity, that they could grasp this concept of servant leadership.
before anything that it's not, it's about the people first you know before it is about me thinking okay what am i gonna get there any money that i'm gonna get there you know and all of that so thank you for for raising that now just for two minutes i want to ask uh, something that okay any situation in your life where you saw god coming through for you because this podcast is just we're trying to to also mix law and 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 and, and faith you know any 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 situation in your life that really um you know you saw god coming through for you let, let me tell you something there are quite a number of them i'm, I'm mm. gonna mention just probably three one when I started serving my articles, um, in fact, I went to the legal aid and I was not mm. happy. So I resigned, you know, mm. and, and I said to God, look, I can't work here. I, I want to be in a place that is going to give me the best, something that I need, you know. Mm. And, and for some reason, then I, I, I got a call in December that I must come to one of the you know, big law firms in Devon for an interview. Mm. And, and I, 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 I passed the interview in January, I started in Devon in 2008. Mm. You know, and, and I said to myself, this could have been a miracle, you know, mm. nothing else other than a miracle. And then God came through for me. And, and I did my articles and I wrote my board exams. I had never done accounting before. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I wrote it twice and I failed. Mm. And I said, God, you know, it means now I'm not going to be a lawyer. It means I must just leave this thing and go and be a prosecutor mm. with respect to my colleagues. But mm. something else. And, uh, you know, with the motivation from my principal and my colleagues and like, you know, through prayers and faith, I wrote the third time. When I wrote for the third time, I got over 80 I still can't tell you how I passed bookkeeping with over 80%. So that's the first, that's when I realized that God can come through for you, you know. Mm. The, the last one, which obviously is the most painful one for me, is when I was working for the municipality, you know. And I was working and surrounded by people that I grew up with, people that I trusted, people that I thought uh, will never ever backstab me or you know do something that uh, you know would make me feel some type of you know way. And I'll tell you something: um, politics is politics, and eventually mm. things happened, and um, I had to resign. I had to leave mm-hmm. uh, formal employment. I, I didn't know where I was going, you know. Uh, and, and for some reason, I kept on saying in my life, one day I want to run my own business. And I didn't mm. know that working for government was going to be short-lived. Yes. So, and, 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 and I came here and I opened my business and I said, God, you are going to decide what's going to happen here. And mm. I can tell you now, my brother, everything that has happened in this business, it's not because of my own wisdom. Mm. It's not because of my connections. Mm. When I came here, Every single person that I knew that would take my calls when I was in government, when I was in SRC, they walked away. Mm. The only thing that remained was faith in God. And when I look at this business today, I mm. know it is not because of what I've done, but mm. it's because of the plan that God had before even I was born, mm. you know. Mm. And that's why I can assure now that I don't know where I'm going, but I can assure now that there's a great, greater you know, there's there are great, you know, the, you know, blessings that God have, you know, stored somewhere for me. And and, and they mm-hmm. don't need to, and I always say to young people, don't ever make a mistake of actually relying on people to mm-hmm. give you things that you need in life. Mm-hmm. If God has planned things, in fact, he has quite a very strange way of doing things. Mm-hmm. He will move everyone away from you mm-hmm. when he's about to unleash your blessings. So when you see that it's getting darker, don't look at, you know, the clouds at that moment. Just wait for the rainbow. 
And mm. when the rainbow comes out, don't look you know, around you and hope people are going to you know, gather around you. Just mm. look up and say, this is the time that, the God, that God has made. This is the time mm. that the Lord has made for me to shine. And, mm. and once you get there, also just remain humble because God can always take his things anytime, you know. Yeah, so as I said, there are quite a number of experiences, but these two for me were, were life-threatening, you know. And, and when it happened, I was like, no, you know what? And God will send people that have never seen in life to come mm. and change your life. Mm. So you don't need your friends. You don't need family sometimes to change your life, you know. Mm. It brings people that you, you least expect to come and help you. And, and that's, mm. that's the power of faith in God. And, and I mm. think mm. everything that I have is because of what he had planned for me before I mm. came here. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh. You've got a great story. You reminded me of a scripture that says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. That it is like literally, like I could think ah, probably you had um, this major funding, you know, when you were starting it because your business is doing very well right now, you know, and people could think, okay, no, it's good. It's because of his connections. But now that you've said all of this, it really shows that it is by faith for it. It is law and faith. Only faith. faith. <laughs> it is faith. So, now, um, now there's a game that I want us to play. It's a 10 second game. So you have to answer a question in, in 10 seconds. Uh, it's questions right. that you, you are not prepared for, but I just want to, to pick you, to pick your brain. So, uh, number one is in, you have to answer it in ten seconds, right? Who is God to you? Yes, God is my Creator. He's the only person that I fear and respect, other than anyone in the world. Done. Thank you. One word that describes your journey: greatness. Thank you. Number three: uh, What legacy do you wish to leave? Yeah, the legacy that I wish to be, <laughs> one word, yeah, yeah, that's going to No, no, not necessarily good. one word, but just in 10 seconds, in a 10 seconds answer. Mm. Yeah, I just want to touch people's souls. Mm. I just want mm. to ensure that when, when I'm no longer here, someone will say, I want to do better than what he did, you know, mm. and it is not just self-serving, but I want yes. to also ensure that there are many other young people that will look up to me you know, because we, 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 we as cool as cool and we live to others, and that, that's all that I think matters to me. I know. Thank you so much for joining me. And this was amazing. And I believe most people will benefit from this. In closing, thank you guys to those who will be watching from YouTube and also listening to other platforms. I'd like to leave you with Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. Uh, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Uh, that's, the, that's the word right there. So thank you, guys. And I think you can see that lawyers are not immune to problems. They're not immune to challenges. They are just people like us. And they've got, um, they've got a journey, you know, and we're in a constant journey, you know, of life. Sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down. But continue trusting God and pursue your dreams and go for it. Thank you so much for joining me. So thank you, sir, for joining me. God bless you. Thank you so much, my brother.